sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid, hour number two, with the spitting statistician and the candle burner, looking at these week 15 games, trying to give you the preview, trying to give you the information to make it a profitable weekend right before we roll into the Christmas season, maybe get a little bit of extra cash for Chris Kringle out there. The next game I want to talk about, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are definitively in the NFC playoff chase. They are road favorites this week, Kev, as they go to Atlanta in a division matchup to take on the Falcons. 49 and a half is the total. Kev, I talk about the home dogs all the time. The divisional home dogs are even at a better clip. So do you want to bet the trend on its face or do you think the Buccaneers who, uh, you know, you're not going to be impressed by regardless of what they do, do you think they have enough to cover the number on the road? This is another uh, home field advantage game for me where I don't think the number makes much sense. I think if this game was in Tampa Bay, they would be laying maybe above the touchdown, but certainly not the implied above 10 and a half that we see here by them laying six in Atlanta. Weird situation. No Ronald Jones. Kicker, punter, long snapper. I'm assuming that should have moved the line a 1,000 points, Dane. I'll take the Falcons here, uh, catching the six. I think the Falcons could be sneaky in the game. We know that the Bucs are going to be playing them two of their final three matchups. Right. I think Tampa probably does get the job done here, but I just – this is a terrible number. This is – and I don't know if you agree, but, like, this number does not add up. The Falcons hosted – the Saints, just a couple of weeks ago, and it was a two-and-a-half-point spread. I don't, I know Taysom Hill's a quarterback, but, the, like, that's ridiculous. That's not, that, that does not add up. Those numbers, those numbers do not add up. Fair enough. If anything for Atlanta is going to have to happen, I think it's going to have to happen through the air. Kev, you know, like the Tampa Bay Bucks run defense is still best in the NFL, giving up only 80 yards. A lot of that is buoyed by Devin White. If you don't know the name, you need to know the name Devin White. He is the only player, Kev, in the NFL that has both over 115 tackles and five sacks. Okay, so he can bring the pressure. He can go sideline to sideline. Part of the reason that Tampa Bay run defense is so strong and Atlanta running the ball hasn't been amazing. You know, Todd Gurley is nursing kind of that knee injury that he's been kind of having for years, let's say. They also, Kev, the Falcons can't seem to punch it in in the red zone. Their touchdown rate is below 50%. It's 31st in the NFL. So so to me, this profile is they're going to have to throw, throw, throw with guys like Matty Ice and maybe Calvin Ridley instead of Julio Jones. We know Julio Jones is banged up. Ridley has scored a touchdown in his last two games against these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
But Matt Ryan is the subject of our trivia question for this one. I'm profiling it and setting this up that he is going to have to throw the ball a lot because that Tampa Bay run defense is so strong. Matt Ryan, right now, this year, has 3,660 yards passing, Kev. That's a pretty good total, right? He's already gotten to 3,500 this year with plenty of games left to play. And guess what, Kev? He has done so, gotten over 3,500 passing yards each, including this year, each of the last four years. As we welcome in our radio audience to join us back here, thanks for getting up on the grid with Dane and Kevin. I was giving Kev... As you join us here and put the fun and functional sports content, a trivia question. Matty Ice has been consistently good over 3,500 yards for the last four seasons, including already getting to that total this year. Kev, he is one of three quarterbacks in the NFL who can say that. Who are the other two? Brady over 3,500 years this Drew year Brees. and the last three. Brady, Cousins, and Drew Brees. Um Nope, you are incorrect, my friend. There are three. They are all of them? On all of them, yes. The three are different names, my friend. They are Matt Ryan. Oh, I gave you more than you even needed. Correct, you did. Uh, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, and Kev, what if I told you that the third one is Jared Goff? Oh gosh! Fair enough. That's terrible. <laughs> there you go. So that is Tom Brady's current team. Tom Brady's former team also has a big time game as we move over to the AFC. Kev in the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins will host the New England Patriots. Kind of last chance saloon for the Patriots if they want to stay relevant. They need to beat the Miami Dolphins. I remember saying to you about a month and a half ago that I wasn't going to take them seriously until they at least got to second place in that division. There's still two games back in Miami, but they can close the gap if they go into Miami and win. They are one and a half point dogs to do so. 41 and a half is the total. How do you think Cam Newton and this rushing offense stacks up against this Miami defense? I like the Patriots to win this football game. I think they have extended rest. I think Belichick, Mm. uh, off of that loss to the Rams, will have this team ready to go. Uh, Belichick against, you know, one of the uh, coaches from his coaching tree in Brian Flores. You know, you think about when they met late in the year, last go-around, you could say the Dolphins ruined the Patriots' season. Maybe this time around, the Patriots can ruin the Dolphins' season. Plus, the Dolphins are very, very banged up in their skill position rooms. So I do like the Patriots to win this game. No, I hear you. I remember that last time. Remember, they did ruin the Patriots season when that tight end with over 80 touchdown catches, Gronk, played safety and couldn't make a tackle. When we come back, I got more questions for you on this game, and we turn our attention to the AFC playoff races when we come back. That's what we do here on a football Friday. It is Dane and Kevin giving you the edge right here on the early line. Come on back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dana and Kevin looking at the Week 15 matchups in the NFL. Kev, we were talking about Pats and Dolphins. I know you think the Patriots are strong in this game against Miami. I got to ask you, though, about the total. This total at 41.5, Kev, is the lowest on the board in terms of the Sunday games. I think Monday night is even lower. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But at 41.5... How do you play this total, Kev? The Dolphins' defense has been consistently good as a top-five unit the entire season. This Patriots' offense, I know you back them, but I don't think we can call them dynamic in any way, shape, or form. We've had a long season-running joke about Cam Newton and his passing total. You somehow still need production to get over the number with three weeks left to go. But how do you play this total, if anything, Kev? 41.5 is the lowest on the board. Yeah, it's so low. When you see numbers like this, it's like, oh, low for a reason. You know, go low, stay low. It'll be, they'll struggle to score when, or sometimes they're just going to blow past the number, right? It'll catch everybody off guard. Everyone's expecting the game to go under the number. I think the interesting thing, and sometimes I'll kind of use it as an exercise. Dane, if you were going to tease this total, which direction would you tease it? I guess I yeah, get Miami total. as a home dog at more than a, a more than a oh a total tease. If I was going to no, yeah, tease the total, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the total. Oh, right I thought you were going to ask me to tease the side. No, I mean that's tough. No, I would not tease the total because I would not take on the I extra agree. risk one way or the other. No, I mean listen, it's not a great total to tease, but yeah. I I don't like I use that as a little exercise for myself where I'm like yeah I'll tease it down and then when you when I go thirty five and a half and if you are still like. Oh God! Am I gonna get my right, 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 right. from these teams? Then don't then tease it. <laughs> but, no, right? but, but not only don't tease it, then you like the under. If you're going in, if that, you're like, no, that's fair. Am I getting thirty six? You lean under. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if, but if, you, if you tease it to forty six or forty seven and a half, and you're like, I can see some points here. Then you play the game over the number. It's a little, it's a little exercise that I, I use you. for myself to help me out with totals. No, I hear that, but we will see how this winds up and what that means in the AFC East and the AFC playoff race. Another team that is in the playoff race, Kev, on multiple levels, to be quite honest, is the Indianapolis Colts, right? They are sitting there firmly in the wild card race, but they are also tied for the AFC South right now. And they've got an AFC South opponent coming in in the Houston Texans, right? So here's what it is for me in this game. I tell you all the time, I love the way the Colts are built, Kev, on the offensive line, on the defensive line. They are still top five against the run, right? Too bad that the Texans aren't going to try to run the ball as much. The the Colts have only allowed Phillip Rivers to be sacked 15 times all season long, and Phillip Rivers has been better. Remember, he's already over the 3,500-yard mark for the year. He has two or more touchdowns in and 105 rating in his last four games. Your boy Jonathan Taylor Thomas has been good over 100 scrimmage yards in his last three games ever since the candle burner called him out. I I also know that Colts can run the ball. You did. He was you said horrible. he was the best. No, no, no. But you said ever since I called him out. No, he was bad for yeah. a good while to call out. It took him a while to figure out how to play really? football. The call out. It was after the bye. It was after the bye, right? It was the game after the bye that you called yeah, yeah, him yeah. out. 
Absolutely. We'll have to go back into the schedule and see how many there have been since then. Regardless, Kev, he has been good recently. He has been good recently, and the Houston Texans run defense can be had. Do you think the Colts get a business-like effort here? It is seven and a half, and the AFC South has some weird results every now and then. Yeah, for me, this is actually uh, easy. It doesn't mean it's going to work out, but I know what I want to do in this game. I want to take the Texans plus seven and a half. They should have probably won the first matchup, crazy enough. Watson fumbles on the two-yard line. The Texans getting seven and a half. Second time they've seen them in three weeks. Game stays closer to me. Might the Colts roll them? Absolutely plausible, but I I feel more comfortable getting seven and a hook here. I'll take the Texans. All right, fair enough. Then that means you're in the position of backing Deshaun Watson potentially in garbage time, right? And there's no better place to be, kind of, you know, than to have Deshaun Watson. Listen, I mean, this man, in his last five road games, Kev, Mm. 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions for 120 rating. I'm also intrigued. We have Brandon Cooks on the injury report. Remember that? Battling that neck. We know that the wide receiver room for Houston has been compromised. You could always pivot to Kiki QT. Remember, I gave him out as prop bets a couple weeks ago, and he did, in fact, dominate against them, especially if Brandon Cooks is down. That could be another opportunity for Kiki QT. He has gone over the century mark in two of his last three against the these Indianapolis Colts. But if I talk about the AFC South, we talk about the Colts, we talk about the Texans. We can't do it without mentioning the other team that is tied for first place, Kev. That is the Tennessee Titans. They are a team that you know I am starting to get behind as winter is coming. Let me ask you this, Kev. What price in DFS would Derrick Henry have to be for you to be like, he can't have the value? You've been like, ah, he needs to get 200 yards for it to be value. Davis Maddock on this air would be like, ah, he needs, you know, he needs two touchdowns for that to be value. Well, he has done that multiple times recently. I think there was a 173 in there, a 212 last week. He leads the league in rushing, as you know, 1,532 yards. Forget about his candidacy. Um, it He is within range, technically, of still getting the 2,000 yards for the season. He needs to average mm-hmm. about 155, but, you know, he just went for 212 last week, Kev. And this Detroit Lions defense, you know, can be had and punched in the mouth. Yeah, look, the Offensive Player of the Year award is uh, is heating up big time. Uh, <laughs> the other day I heard them ask Dan Orlovsky, they say, hey, what could Derrick Henry do to win MVP? He goes, change position. And I felt, uh, I was like, yep, Way to nail that one, Dan. Knock that out of the park. So good for Dan Orlovsky on the right side of that conversation. Here's the deal with Derrick Henry, though. It, you had, like, and the, the DFS conversation that you ask is one that I'm absolutely battling because right. you got a decision <laughs> to make on this guy here. Yeah. And it's the yeah. question of, oh, well, can he do it again? I, I mean, last year, 188, two touchdowns, 159, two touchdowns, 149, two touchdowns. 103, two touchdowns. Then he went 86, no score against the Texans. And then he had 211 and three touchdowns. So that is how he finished up the season last year from his final six games. I mean, that is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) There is one game in there, though. One game where he only gave you 86 yards and no scores. (laughs) Realistically, is... 
is this the game where he's bad? It's the Maybe. Lions. I mean, it's <laughs> that's, the Lions. that's not the flag like, I would plant. <laughs> no, it's and it's it's it, quite honestly, it's really frustrating because you want to like when you play DFS, you're like, all right, this week we'll go here and like let's like I almost I wish Derrick Henry was off the slate. I wish he was playing right, Monday, right, right. play Monday or night, Saturday, or Saturday. Just like get him at, uh, over there. So, but yes, I mean he's. What, what do you think he's going to be to score a touchdown? Minus 500? Minus yeah, 125 no, for him to score two? It's going to be ridiculous. Maybe the only way to sh- shave some things off the numbers, because we got a 10.5-point spread as well, right, is parlay maybe the Titans' money line with a Derrick Henry anytime touchdown, right? Maybe you could get a little bit more value that way. Your boy Ryan Tannehill also, this game is in Tennessee. So far at home this season, and this will be the Titans' yeah. last home game, 20 touchdowns, two picks at home this season. Good for 115 rating. Hey, Kev. It's a big number. It's double digits. But we all seem to think that the Titans roll in this one. Are you going to lay double digits against the Lions here? I think if Chase Daniels at quarterback, yeah, I would lay that number. And I'll say okay. just quickly, Tannehill is the is what would change everything is if he starts eating the touchdowns away from Henry. But, like, you're going to rely on that. Like, you know what I mean? It's It's tough. Henry's probably just going to have another monster day. And, uh, yeah, it's it's hard not to, to back him in this spot. Yeah, it certainly is. And remember, Tennessee has a lot to play for as well. We'll find out about Matty Stafford's availability as well. We'll come on back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Big shout out to all of our affiliates for getting on the grid bright and early in the morning and getting the edge. That's what we do here, the spitting statistician and the candle burner, bringing the heat for you every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. And we fundamentally put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. Let's look, Kev, at the AFC North going into this week, which is starting to tighten up, right? The Steelers are falling back a little bit, even with the Browns lost. They're still in the mix. And, you know, we saw what happened with the Baltimore Ravens. So let's talk about them. The Cleveland Browns is where we start in this division. They go to the New York football giants. We've got a home dog situation here, Kev. My main question in this game for you clearly is who's going to play quarterback for the football giants and how much of an impact does that have on this game? Would you be willing to cover? uh, Would you take the Browns as road favorites if we wind up seeing Colt McCoy? Boy under center? Yeah, and just so people know, that number uh, has certainly started to move. It is now up to six and a half yeah. at the yeah. FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Eileen Brown. I think that is because of thinking McCoy is actually going to be it's there. It's not Doubt just McCoy. I think, I think James Bradbury's uh, positive uh, test yes. is a big deal as True. well. Uh, Bradbury's True. been one of the better corners in football on this yeah. season, and I think his absence very well could loom large for the Giants uh, as the they're going to still struggle to get off of the ground offensively. I know people say, oh, they beat Colt, you know, Colt McCoy, one in Seattle. They scored 17 points, and they got shut out at half. Uh, ultimately, they got put in a situation where they were still able to allow the run game to be a part of the conversation there. Wayne Gallman pops one, uh, and they end up getting into a position where they were able to get enough points on the board there. 
I don't see that from Cleveland here. I think the Browns need to look to continue their momentum coming off of Monday Night Football. The offense looked wonderful. Baker Mayfield played sure. honestly one of the better games, I think, of his career. Uh, despite a tough interception, despite losing the football game, uh, they scored 42 points in that matchup, which is crazy that this total here is 44.5, coming off a game where this team just scored 42 points. Uh, I like the Browns here. I think the Browns cover this number. I think they do whatever they want to the Giants. All right, absolutely. I, you know, I don't disagree. Baker has been good. You know, I've been promoting him. He did throw a pick uh, last week to just kind of stop that streak. But still, in his last three road games, Kev, 11 touchdowns, one interception. That's good for 139 rating. Nick Chubb continues to be a threat. You know, in the run game, he has over 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown, Kev, six times already this year. That's tied for most in the NFL. And he missed some time as well. You know, earlier in the year, also on the show, I also mentioned that Robbie Anderson may be one of the best free agent signings, right? But I got to tell you yeah. something. The Giants' defense may have two contenders there as well. Not only Bradbury, who you mentioned, who is down um, on reserve, and also Blake Martinez, right, who I've mentioned is now, I think he's like third in the NFL in terms of tackles. So that Giants' defense does continue to develop. On the offensive side, though, will they be able to hang with Cleveland? Their 18.3 points a game is good for, you know, 31st in the NFL. Let's go to another team that is contending in the AFC North. We'll talk about Pittsburgh here on Monday night in an AFC North battle against the lowly Bungles in this one. Now, Kev, you know, Pittsburgh started 11-0. They were undefeated, right? Now they're 11-2. Uh, those two losses were to two teams that are in the playoff chase in Washington. And um, who'd they lose to after that? Who was their other one? Buffalo, clearly. But... Now they play Cincinnati, and I've got a feeling that all of a sudden, Kev, on Monday night, this Pittsburgh offense that says, oh, they can't run the ball anymore, oh, they don't know what they're doing, I think it's going to wind up looking pretty damn good on Monday night against Cincy, Kev. What do you think? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, Monday night are here, so we're going to be able to get a lot more information as we get closer. Uh, I think John, uh, excuse me, James Conner, rather, his availability uh, being up in the air very well could make the difference uh, for all of that. Benny Schnell has been a little unimpressive in his work. In a way, though, if the Steelers are this committed to throwing the football, it just might be a get-right spot for the passing game. The last time these two teams played, they had 20 carries for 44 yards. But Big Ben threw for 333 yards, four touchdowns. You had Deontay Johnson for 116 in a score, Juju for 77 in a score, and Claypool for 56 and two touchdowns. So I don't know if this actually profiles the run game. Again, we got a, you know, a ways out. We'll see uh, how this looks going into it here. But it might be a spot for their pass offense to get right. Yeah, so I talk about the herd there in Pittsburgh. There may be all sorts of activities spread around in your semifinal matchup. I mean, listen, Juju has six-plus catches in his last three. Deontay Johnson, despite the drops even, has eight catches or more in three of his last four. And, you know, Chase Claypool, his eight touchdowns, Kev, lead all rookies in terms of touchdown catches. Eight touchdown receptions for a wide receiver is a pretty high level as well, Kev. So high, Kev, that only two wide receivers in the NFL, Kev, have eight receiving touchdowns this year 
And that makes it true for the last three years in a row. Chase Claypool is here with eight touchdowns. He's number one among rookies, but he would have to do it two more years to match what these two wide receivers have done. Who are the only two wide receivers, Kev, who have eight touchdowns this year, and that marks the third year in a row for them to get to that total? Tyreek Hill and Tyler Lockett. You are one of two. Do you want me to tell you which one? You want to make another guess? How do you want to play it? One of those two is correct. I'd like to know which one is correct. And then you'll take one more guess? Yeah. Tyler Lockett is correct. Interesting. Man, between Hopkins and Adams here, let's go Devontae Adams. Kevin, you could have gone Hopkins or Adams. Either one of them would have been incorrect. The correct answer uh, plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is Mr. Mike Evans has gotten to that level. Yeah, he's gotten to that level. You know, it's interesting. When we talk about touchdown regression with wide receivers, I'm like, yeah, unless you're Mike Evans. You know what I mean? Because that still doesn't happen. Kev, on the other side, we talk about Cincinnati. Are they just, you know, kind of dead man walking? Anything to look at there? We know Giovanni Bernard is the answer to trivia questions. But what about Tyler Boyd? What about T. Higgins? What about these guys if you're in your fantasy semifinals against the number one defense in the NFL? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think there's anything doing there. I don't see any world where you're looking to roll with anybody from the Cincinnati sideline. Okay, fair enough. That is what we will do. Those are most of the teams that are involved in the playoffs. So as we make a bridge here for another team that is still involved in the playoff chase, but you know I also got to talk about the chase that I care about most, Kev, at this part of the season, and it's the one for the number one draft pick. So there's one game that involves both the AFC North and potentially the number one overall draft pick, and it is when the Jacksonville Jaguars go to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Kev, 12 and a half is a big number. 47 and a half is the total. Remember, the Baltimore Ravens are still dealing with COVID. More wide receivers on that list right now, including Hollywood Brown. This stays with them. But you got to think they will still have enough to get through the Jaguars, which, by the way, Kev, now believe Gardner Minshew gives them the best best chance to win. He will be under center for the 1 in 12 Jags. Yeah, I think Gardner Minshew coming back is is good. I think he deserves a finish this season. I'm excited to watch Gardner play. With that in mind, though, it's not like Gardner Minshew was playing great football the last time we saw him. Uh, If you really think about it, his last go-around was against the Chargers, non-cover, Lions. They got blown out. Texans slaughtered. Bengals, no cover. You get the point. Yep. He hadn't covered a number since week two against the Titans, and then you know they had won the game uh, against the Colts. So I think this is still a spot here for Baltimore to go pedal to the metal. I know it's a big number. I know it's a big number, but I just think the Ravens right now, what they're doing on the ground, it allows them to get out to big leads and yeah. sustain big leads. I like the Baltimore Ravens. I know the number's massive, but I still think they get the job done. Yeah, I agree with you, Kev. I think they cover even this amount of wood here. You know, in games like this against bad teams, this is where the Ravens wind up winning 30-3. to This is where Lamar Jackson is benched in the fourth quarter, although I guess right now they don't actually have another quarterback that they would go to. Trace McSorley, Terrence is ACL, RG3 is still down, but we know this. You know, the Ravens have the best run game in the NFL, Kev. 173 yards on the ground, Per 
per game. That leads the NFL. We know Lamar Jackson does a lot for that. And on the other side, Kev, the Jacksonville Jaguars are dead last in the NFL in terms of yards per game allowed. They give up 418 yards a game. So I'm with you. I'd be interested in the Lamar Jackson rushing totals. I'd also be interested to see what they post around my guy, the house elf, J.K. Dobbins. He has gotten over 50 yards and a rushing touchdown in his last four games. And I think the game script, the fact that he is ascending in terms of snap count and touches, I think it's the Mm. perfect storm for J.K. Dobbins to, in essence, beat the algorithm. You know what I'm saying, Kev? Right? If we think the Ravens run game returns and he is ascending and against the Jaguars, I think he can get over the number, whatever they post. But I would do rushing and receiving for scrimmage yards. And I, and I think there's a world, just because you mentioned DFS earlier in the show, both yeah. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are worth your consideration, uh, especially if you're going to be paying up for a guy like Derrick Henry. Last week, J.K. Dobbins, 13 carries, 53 yards and a score. Gus Edwards, 7 carries, 49 yards, and 2 touchdowns. If they are up in this game, and they're up in this game the entire way, Again, yeah. Gus Edwards averages a ridiculous amount of yards per carry, and he knows how to get into the end zone. And, yeah, I think Dobbins, similarly, I think picking one of those guys as a cheap option and then allowing yourself to pay up for Derek, yeah. Derek Henry makes a lot of sense. I like that. There's been a lot of these ascending young rookie running backs as well, right, Kev? We talk about Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and in this game, don't forget about James Robinson, who has more yards than all of them and has broken the record for scrimmage yards this season by an undrafted rookie. You know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping Jacksonville could get a W and give my Jets a little bit of breathing room. We'll talk about those Jets. That's when we come back on the other side. It's the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge. Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician and the candle burner, looking at these week 15 matchups, and we saved the juiciest one for last, Kev. It is the New York Jets. Maybe they can get a win with three games left on the horizon, but quite frankly, I don't know where it's going to happen. They've got the Rams this week. They go to Los Angeles, and they are 17-and-a-half-point dogs to the 9-4 and four Rams, Kev. If you are still in your survivor pool and you haven't used the Rams yet, this may be the opportunity to do it. And, Kev, it's such a crazy mismatch. Get this, Kev. The Jets are the worst offense in the league at only 14 points a game. The Rams' defense is top three, giving up only 18 points a game. The Rams' offense, you know, gets 389 yards a game. That's tied for fourth in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Jets' defense gives up 30 points a game good for 31st in the nfl the rams defense is also tops in the league kev in terms of yards allowed they only give up 285 yards per game with aaron donald jalen ramsey and the crew not will the jets cover the number how are the jets versus their own team total how are you trying to make money in this game is your initial lean to lay the 17 and a half it's time to talk about it uh, because usually these markets have no value, but right. it's a real small window. The Jets to go 0 16. It's minus 200, yes. 
Now, a minus number on a team to go 0-16. And I don't know, Dan, it might be, hard, might be hard for you to come to terms with this, but 17.5-point dogs right now. Yeah, they and then the next game, they yeah, go they up are. and they play the Cleveland Browns. Okay? Yeah. You got them beating the Browns? I highly doubt it. I don't care where I have them getting that win. You know yeah, how where I have them getting that win. It doesn't baby. even matter. It doesn't <laughs> even matter how much deep down in your heart you believe and pray that Jared Stidham starts this game and you beat Jared Stidham to save it, your season. Okay? No matter how much you want that to happen, it is still wildly unlikely. And your worst case scenario is you have the patch at minus 200 to win that game in Foxborough, it's going to be higher than that. It just is. So when you're trying to find value on a team to go 0-16, again, that's real hard to do. But we're talking about a very, very short window. And I think we are now at that point, and minus 200 is not a nothing number, but I think it's a number that is actually worth laying at this point. Okay, talk to me about total. We talked about the total with Miami, New England, which is down all the way, I believe, to 41 and a half. This one is 43 and a half. It's pretty low. So if you don't think the Jets offense can really do much against this big Rams defense, the Jets have been shut out before this season. They put up three and nine and seven points before this season. Talk to me about going under even this low total. I mean, the Rams defense is a top unit. You know, couldn't something like 30 to 10 be very easy? Couldn't something like 27-6 be very easy, which covers the number and stays under the total? Talk to me about the total in this one, Kev. Yeah, so the Rams have played six home games. Every single one of them has gone under the number. When the Rams can control the outcome, the Rams played unders. That's just, that's just what it is. Right, and when they are at home and they're a seventeen and a half point favorite, they typically can control the outcome. Also, four of the six road games for the Jets. I mean, they have no offense, but it certainly is not an offense that travels. Uh, for their six road games, have gone under the number as well. This is a game. See the Dolphins, uh, Pats game, four one and a half. Like ah, maybe I don't know. Tua makes a big play here. Pick six. Like there's probably a pick six in this game. Probably, there might be multiple defensive touchdowns in this game. And probably still. What about Rams defensive special number. teams touchdown? What about that as a prop bet? Rams defensive yeah, special is, teams touchdown. Little strip Dan, sack from Aaron Donald. They'll make mistakes. Dan, I, I, I believe the Rams have now three straight games with a defensive touchdown. Okay. So they're playing the Jets. Why not? Right? Unfortunately, I think that means the number, though, might be at like two to one. I don't know yeah, if you can bet a defensive a special team touchdown at two to one. Right. No, right? I need like the three forty number that they give out at some point. You know, yeah, at you're, least, you're not right? getting that. You're not yeah, I guess you won't get that. Everybody's on. Um, if you do want to play some props or whatever, I would turn my attention to Cam Akers. Cam Akers has been an ascending running back that we talk about with the game script such that they may be running the ball or not need to have that foot on the gas pedal. Cam Akers has had over 80 scrimmage yards in his last three games. His 194 scrimmage yards last week combined was the season high for any rookie in the NFL this year. Well, if, Kev... The Jets continue to lose out. And if they go 0-16, they will lock up the number one overall pick. 
And so that brings me again to the ACC championship game that I know is a game that you want to talk about, that you will be looking at, that this network is really focused on because you can come watch this in-game live with us and follow all the movements. You don't like 10.5? Wait for it in-game live. You don't like 59.5 as a total? Wait for it in-game live. Kev, I have heard people on this network think that Trevor Lawrence will make all the difference and it's silly to back the Irish. I have heard people on this network say, hey, don't sleep on the Irish. This is a stronger team. They are not Fugazi. They are built well up front. Ian Book is better than you think, and that they are ready to do it again. I know the way you feel about this game, the way you want this game to go. Tell me about you know where you're putting your money in this game. So I think right now the total is fascinating. The number has certainly come up from the last go-around here. And that's going to be something that will be really, really fun to watch throughout because last go-around, wait, it got to overtime. So that skews it. There's 87 points right. in the game. But it got over the number before that, right? It was a pregame number the first go-around at 51. They had scored 66 points before we had were, went into overtime. So there were tons of points that were already put up on the board. But now we check in, Dane, with a total hovering around 60. It's a big adjustment that they've made there. The thought yeah. process, of course, you know, Trevor Lawrence is back. But again, like, the Clemson offense was doing a ton. DJ, you played be, very well. This is what's going to be really interesting. There's going to be a lot of juice there in the props market. A lot of people are going to want to be playing them. The two running backs. Kyron Williams against Clemson last go-around. 23 carries, 140 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that is incredible production against Clemson. On the other side of the ball, Travis Etienne. 18 carries, 28 yards. Oh, that's not going to happen. 28 yards. That's not going to happen. I mean, Dane, but that should have never happened ever in a zillion years. Should Travis Etienne be held... On 18 carries to 20, I mean, that is unimaginable for people who, you know, a lot of people think this is the best. Might be the first back off the board. Yeah, might be the first black drafted in the NFL this year. If you look at it, his his season low per carries was four. It was 11 for 44 against Georgia Tech. The game was under two yards a carry against the Irish. Against Notre Dame, it was 1.6 per carry. The thing is, ETN's not been blowing through numbers. He hasn't had a 100-yard rushing game since the Miami game. He's only had it twice this year. So I would be careful thinking that Travis ETN is going to be blowing through a number here in a bounce-back spot. He might, but I think it is more Trevor Lawrence. I think it is more through the air, okay? So I think if you're going to go for the prop side, especially on the Clemson side of it all, I think I'm going to look towards the throwing of Trevor Lawrence. Also, just keep in mind here, because props for college, it's a different ball game here. I And I still believe this stands. Sack yardage for quarterbacks goes against their rush totals. I believe so. Yes, in college that care- is true. So, but but with the props market, be careful there, right? You'll see an Ian Book number. You might that's super low. Yeah, well, if, if he's getting sacked, it's 
right? So just be careful when you're looking at those rushing props for quarterbacks going into these matchups as well. Like I said, I think Notre Dame can win this football game. I think Notre Dame has been disrespected. I think it's really hard to be the team as good as Clemson twice. Of course, Trevor Lawrence coming back. It's only a net positive for that football team. He's, he's an absolutely incredible quarterback. I think this game does still tend to play to the over. And I think the props market, Trevor Lawrence, Ian Book, I think both these quarterbacks are battling. I think it's going to be a great football game. Yeah, awesome. And I know you'll be following it. We'll all be following it. And we recommend you follow it here with us on in-game live, where you'll be able to follow all the action and make money off of it throughout the game. Kev, I I, I just realized this. I know it's likely not the case, but it's possible that this is the last football game Trevor Lawrence ever plays for Clemson, right? Let's say they lose, Mm -hmm. and they lose out of four, and then whatever bowl game they're in, you know, it's very possible that guys like ETN and Trevor Lawrence will be like, eh. That's all right. I'm going to go train. I'm going to opt out. So we'll see Trevor Lawrence potentially for the last time as a Clemson Tiger, although many people believe that Clemson will be one of the four teams that make it to the college football playoff. I guess technically they are favored to win this game, which would give them a shot in the final four. Kev, conference championship games are big. This one is obviously a huge one, right? But check this out. And I know we talked about the Sun Belt not happening. It gets going tonight, Kev. It gets going tonight with a couple of games. But here's what I want to tell you. You know, Clemson, Notre Dame, okay. I know you could say that goes either way. In the Big 12, Oklahoma, Ohio State, I mean, Iowa State, that's only a a five-and-a-half-point spread right now, right? But some of these, you got some big-time favorites, in these championship games. Like I'm seeing Buffalo in the MAC 12 and a half. I'm seeing Ohio State in the Big Ten 19 and a half. That number has gone down, by the way. I'm seeing Alabama in the SEC 17 and a half. I'm seeing Cincinnati, right, in um in that conference 14 and a half. So I wonder. Are any of these teams gonna pull the upset, Kev? Like right now, I am building, I have a five-game money line parlay, Kev. Where if I take the Buffalo Bulls at minus 500, along with USC tonight, along with Ohio State at minus 1250 on the money line, along with Alabama at minus 750 on the money line, along with Cincy at minus 800 on the money line, I can get that up to plus 170, albeit it is a crazy five-team money line parlay. It is a long way of me asking you, in essence, Kev, who's going to be the upset of conference championship weekend like what like all seven of these conference championship favorites are not coming in on the money line who kev pulls the trick is it the florida gators is it the northwestern wildcats does cincinnati fall by the wayside can the ducks bow up and end the undefeated season of the trojans like you know how we say kev you say all the time like stringing together the assumptions but they got to play the games we talk about the landmines of the season there's six games out here right like Someone's going to trip up, Kev. Who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. So I actually think a lot of them have to be very careful. I mean, Cincinnati okay. has not played in a full month. True. Florida's offense, it, the total 73 and a half. Like, if this game's going to be that high scoring, anything can happen. Iowa State has been incredibly good under Matt Campbell as a dog. I kind of lean towards Oregon anyway because I've been on a okay. USC. Honestly, I think the only one I won't try and sell you on 
is Northwestern, who is ranked inside the top 15. So look, Ohio State just obliterates the Big Ten. It is what it is. And I think that they will be obliterating Northwestern in the game. But even still, like, like minus 1250, it's preposterous. Now, I think it is very, very interesting. When we are here on Monday, we will be talking about one team that crashed the party, one team that pulled the upset, and hopefully, Kev, the chaos that ensued from it. When we come back on the other side of the break, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode and this week of the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kev, as we fundamentally put the fun and functional sports content every morning. The morning after is up next. Big shout out to Jared and Ariel. And Kev, I got to tell you something. Sports gambling in New Jersey is on and popping. I mean, we are setting records left and right every week, every month. The handle in New Jersey is growing. The casinos are getting bigger and bigger. And we know Atlantic City is a big spot of that, right? So, you know, they got to make room for all this. So, In a number of ways, Kev, it is out with the old and in with the new as we have a new year on the horizon. Happy New Year to all of you. Happy holidays. I hope you're getting a little bit of extra cash to get some more presents under the tree, potentially. But I thought this was very interesting, Kev. Check this out. In an effort to, you know, gain extra revenue and they got to, you know, out with the old and in with the new. Check this out. The Trump Plaza Casino on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, Kev, is being demolished. Okay, and despite whatever you think, one way or the other, you know, they got improvements, enhancements, renovations going on to the boardwalk, maybe bringing in some more sports books, shall we say. Our friends and partner at FanDuel may get involved as well. But check this out. They're going to have to demolish the Trump Plaza Casino, and what they're doing is auctioning off the, uh, the honor of being the person that gets to hit the button, Kev. They expect mm. the rights to that to go for over $1 million, Kev. You want to round up a million bucks and push the button? I mean, listen, I'm sure pressing that button is fun. Way too much money. But, man, like, you ever seen those videos? I mean, it's yeah, really man. something. With like they, the stadiums they... implode or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something the other day I saw. I don't know what the stadium was. But they're taking it down like brick by brick because of uh, environmental concerns. To where it's almost like even more depressing, though, because you're some, like people are watching their stadium right. just get pulled out right. piece by piece by piece. But yeah, I mean, listen, it's kind of like you know, boom, you press the red button. It's like what you hear about when you're a kid. So I get it, million dollars, it's a lot. But I mean, you know, you know, it could be cathartic on a number of levels to hit that button and out with the old in with the new as we turn the page to 2021 week 15 is something we're going to still have to look at. We will do that and be back here on Monday to break it all down and talk to you about what happened right here as always on the early line. <laughs> 